you're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So to start off this week's episode, I want to remind everyone to follow us on Instagram at Queen of Calm podcast. There you'll find guest announcements, fun graphics, cute pictures, um, and be sure to follow us in there to connect with other calm girls and never miss an episode. Also, for the calm one of the week, I want to talk about Chipotle's collaboration with Elf Cosmetics. So I'm a Chipotle Chipotle fan through and through. I could eat it every single day, and I love makeup, and especially Elf Cosmetics. So when I saw this collaboration, I couldn't wait to, you know, look up everything about it, see all the products. And I think one of the most clever things in that collaboration is not only the palette and the uh, lipstick and everything itself, but also how they're doing a new TikTok campaign where they've changed the lyrics to famous TikTok songs to go along with um, the collaboration and things that have to do with Chipotle and makeup. So be sure to check out that challenge on TikTok and also be sure to go to Elf's website to check out the makeup palettes. I know right after this, I'm going to go buy the palettes. So be sure to check that out. And I just think that's a really smart PR move because it might have not been necessarily what um, people would expect from Chipotle and Elf, and for them to collaborate is really cool. And I know they did they did something in the past, like a burrito makeup bag, so it's really cool to see them doing something like that together now. So be sure to check that out. Um, and also, another thing that I want to ask of everyone is that if you have the time, um, please head to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It would really help us out. Um, we would prefer five stars, but no pressure. Um so if you have the time, I'd really appreciate it. And thank you so much to everyone who's listened so far and who's followed us on social media and also the guests that I've had so far and also the people I have upcoming. So um, just be sure to stay tuned on social media for more announcements. And um, yeah, so today's episode I'm really excited for because we'll get to talk about marketing, which is something we haven't covered yet on the podcast. And my guest also works for a company that isn't necessarily PR. She's a specialist. So we'll get to hear that perspective of her bringing her expertise into the workplace and how she works with her team and how she handles different um, mediums of social media and how she has to create content for all of those different, you know, outlets. So it's really interesting episode and she has a lot of great insights to share and we have a few laughs as well. So stay tuned for the episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Hello everyone. My next guest graduated in 2018 with a degree in digital media and communications, as well as her master's in strategic communications in 2020. She's held positions at the Bandit Edit, Caruso Media, and most recently works as a marketing coordinator at Entree Computer Services. Please welcome Alyssa Casamento. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paisley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here as well. Um, and so why don't we get started with how did you get interested in communications? Um, so that is such a good question. Um, I think if I look back to like high school, I just loved being around people. I was cheerleading captain. I was in an acapella group. I just loved human interaction. Um, but when I started at Marist, I, I went in as just digital media. I had taken like a graphic design class in high school and thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, but when I started, you know, freshman year and taking my classes, I was like, oh, you know, I kind of, the, the art department is awesome, but I kind of missed you know, talking to people and having discussions and presentations and, and that sort of thing. So I, I picked up an advertising minor in the comm department um, and I loved it so much. I ended up double majoring because I, I just couldn't pick one over the other. So 
that's definitely how it started. I, I think a lot of us calm gals can relate. We're natural born talkers. We love the art of conversation. So I think that's where my, my passion probably began. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that you're like the cheerleading captain and everything, because I feel like, you know, once we were freshmen, we get to Marist and you meet everyone else in the major, everyone's saying, you know, I was in theater, I was, you know, present yeah. in my class. So that's just funny that, you know, everyone's on that same wavelength. Um, so Yeah, it seems like a common thread for sure. <laughs> so speaking of college and everything, you did a few internships while you're on campus. So can you talk a little bit about those and how they helped you to get to your position that you have now? Totally. Um, so my first uh, official internship was the summer before my junior year. Um, and it was at a company called Kitchen Brains. Um, I'd say I'm a little unique. And now I'll say with COVID, it makes internships. I know COVID has done a lot of harm and it's hard to find a silver lining, but it is nice to have the option of um, virtual internships because I'm from like two hours outside of New York City in Connecticut. And so for me, uh, it was a little harder to find internships. Um, so I ended up taking one in Stratford, Connecticut at a company called Kitchen Brains. Um, so they do like restaurant technology in like the food service industry. And that was uh, marketing and graphic design. Um, and it was great. I loved who I worked with. Um, it was all women, which was awesome. I, I love the girl power. I'm still friends with a lot of the girls I interned there. We, we still keep in touch. Um, and I think that was a great first internship because it had a little bit of what I really liked and a little bit of what I think I knew I didn't want to do. I loved, you know, some of the social media stuff I got to work on um, and some of the true comm stuff. But for the graphic design, it was fun and enjoyable, but I, I couldn't see myself doing that full time. Um, and I think that's something that I, I have learned is internships are awesome for telling you what you do want to do and what you don't want to do. Um, so that was a great learning experience. And then my second internship was the summer going into my senior year at a company called Marlin. Um, and they do workplace communication. So pretty much if you work, walk into an office and you see digital signage with images and videos, um, they produce that content and kind of sell it as a product. So there I was on their creative team and I helped concept um, some of the animations and, and messaging that would go onto those products and then got to do a little bit of the animating myself, which again was a little more design based, but it was cool. It was very creative and, um, it was a great experience uh, to add to my resume. Um, so those are my two true internships. Um, I spent, honestly, most of my time on campus, I was on the admission student leadership board. Um, and that, although it technically wasn't an internship for me, really shaped me as a professional, um, being able to interview prospective students and put together events like open house and, and give so many tours and train other ambassadors on campus. Um, so I know it's not a, a technical internship, but that also really uh, aided in my career and I feel like professional development while I was in school. Yeah, you brought up two great points. Um, I definitely am a big advocate for, you know, the internship experience on campus. Um, I work with North Road Communications on campus and we, you know, handle like real clients and get experience and a lot of, you know, employers that you talk to are like, well, that's not a real, you know, internship experience, but I feel like especially with everything going on, you know, it, it is what you make it, you know, what you turn in, your, yeah. what you use your time for is very valuable, your resume. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And then you also talked about how, you know, 
there's a lot of bad things with COVID and everything, but, you know, getting an internship has been, you know, kind of a unique experience this year with a lot more opportunities opening up around the country. So what tips do you have for students who are applying? Because with that larger range of being, being able to get internships, they're becoming more and more competitive. So what tips do you have for students who are applying now? I would say um, just so for the looking for internships, um, and, and this is kind of a big message that I wanted to make sure I talked about while I was on here with you is I would really, really encourage and uh, juniors, seniors, whoever's looking to take a look at the actual uh, details of the internship. Don't be so focused on, oh, I desperately want to work for Viacom. I desperately want to work for NBC Universal. Those are awesome companies. And if you have a goal, go after it. I'm your biggest supporter. But I've really found in my post-grad time, it is so much about not who you're working for, but the work that you're doing. And so I would say, look at those internships for what they are. What is the day-to-day -day like? Ask questions on, hey, what hands-on work am I going to be doing in this role? Um, don't be so caught up in, oh my God, I'll take any job at at uh, you know XYZ company. I'm, I'm desperate to get there. Really look at what those internships describe. And even if it doesn't align with exactly what you thought you'd be doing, if it sounds interesting to you, I say go for it. Um, and, and like I said, internships are an awesome experience to learn where you're going to fit in this world and where you think you'd be best suited. Um, so don't be afraid to go after something that maybe isn't super perfectly aligned with where you saw yourself. Um, and the same goes for just opportunities in general. Um, if there's something that fell into your lap that you maybe never saw yourself doing, um, it can still really be a great experience. So I guess that's more of just an emotional support tool is just, it can be difficult. I know internships, especially in the New York City area can be super competitive. Um, so just be grateful the experiences that you're given. Um, as far as applying and interviewing, uh, I would say just be genuine, be yourself. Um, I know research is super important. Um, try and get to know the company, but just try and think of it as a conversation like you and I are having. Um, I feel like the interviews that I've done that have gone the best are the ones where we spent more time talking about other stuff than, you know, my experiences. Um, and not in an in, on professional way, just in a, we're both human on a phone call and we don't know each other. You know, I'd be happy to hear about your weekend or I'm happy to share, oh, you know, my, my Wi-Fi has been acting up, whatever it is, because I feel like it, it really humanizes the process. So I know that was probably a jumbled mess, but that's, those are my biggest tips. Just don't be afraid to try some, any type of internship that you think you'd be interested in and just be genuine and be yourself and, and the rest will follow. Yeah, that is one of the biggest things I think, you know, that's important right now in interviews is being yourself because, you know, they're not able to see you in person now and see what you're wearing and, you know, what have you hold yourself and, you know, what your physical resume looks like in front of them. So um, I know that you just got your master's, so congratulations. So Thank you so much. So kind of going off of that, what was that experience like for you to get that in such a, you know, tumultuous year of 2020? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was definitely not what I expected. Um, I kind of fell into graduate school at the start. Um, it wasn't always in my plan, but uh, when I started that first role in New York City um, at Bandit, which was a great opportunity, um, 
it almost just didn't feel right to me. And so I decided to go back to Connecticut to pursue my master's. And that on its own was, I don't want to say crazy, but it wasn't what everyone else was doing. And I think I had to take some time to uh, give myself a break and, and understand that everyone's journey is different. Um, so going into the master's program before I even started, I was like, oh my God, this feels like such a whirlwind. You know, all of my friends are in the city working these jobs. And I'm like, I'm, you know, living at home with my parents doing this master's. I, I worked for a small digital marketing agency while I was doing it. So different. Um, so that was, uh, not a challenge, but just unique and something that I had to remind myself, you know, it was important to me. Um, and then COVID came and I was like, oh my God, it's a double whammy. You know, not only am I doing this program uh, that I feel like is unique, but I'm doing it in my bedroom, in my parents' house uh, with uh, group projects with people I've never met that I have to zoom. It was uh, so crazy, um, but you know, uh, it, it made it really worth it. I um, ended up doing a, uh, like 40 page thesis on um, social media influencers and that as a new form of marketing and how it kind of translates to brand interest and brand awareness and purchase decision. Um, so there was a, definitely a lot of chaos that led to the end of it, but I think um, I walked away with some great experience and some work that I'm proud of. So I guess it went well and I, I have the diploma. It came in the mail and I was like, oh, I guess I'm a master now. <laughs> like, <laughs> news to me, sounds good. Um, so yeah, and, and uh, it nothing ever seems to go the way you expect it to. So. Yes, I totally agree with that. And um, you know, things always happen for a reason. And so I know a lot of seniors right now are in that period where they're thinking, you know, should I apply to jobs now? Should I apply to fellowships? You know, what should I be doing after graduation? So. What are your tips for seniors who are just trying to figure out what they're going to do after graduation? And, you know, how can you kind of put their fears at ease? I haven't I'm, gone through it before. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that question. Um, so I think the best way for me to give advice would to just be talk about my experience and how I feel like it kind of changed the way I I think about post-grad life because Maris is a really special place. You have... I mean, I was thinking about at the VMAs last year, I knew like seven people working there, all Marist grads, which is crazy. I mean, what other school has that type of outreach? And it's almost for me, when I was getting ready to graduate Marist, it felt like a lot of pressure. Like, oh my God, everybody's amazing. Like I have to, I have to stack up to these people. So when I was gearing up to graduate from Marist, my initial plan was to do what I ended up doing, was to live at home for a few years in Connecticut, probably end up working in like Stanford or Hartford. Um, and, you know, after some time and saving money, um, you know, move out, which I did do this spring. So I'm no longer in my, my bedroom in my parents' house, but at the time that was my plan. And then it's kind of like that end of the year panic starts to happen. People start getting internships, people start getting job offers, people start, posting all over LinkedIn. Oh, I'm so honored and excited to say I'm doing this and that. And I definitely fell victim to it. I was like, oh shoot, like everybody's working in New York City. I need to do that. That's what I have to do. You know, I'm in the comm department. I have these professors that I look up to and 
and they do a great job of organizing panels and tours and visits and award shows and all that awesome stuff. Um, so I kind of, at the drop of a hat, changed my job trajectory and started looking in the city. Um, and so I ended up getting a role at Bandit Editorial from an alumni who I met at a panel that Joanna Diavanzo, one of the advertising professors, who was also my advisor, who I cannot say enough good things about. She's a wonderful woman. Um, so I got an opportunity through an alumni to work at Bandit and it was full time. It was, you know, a salaried position. It was in the ad industry. It had a lot of great perks. There was a personal chef in the office. Like it was your Emily and Parrish job to me, like going to these events, rooftop bars, socializing with all these agencies and everyone around me made me feel like I was doing something right. But at the end of the day, I was not happy. Like I was commuting two and a half hours each way into Soho from my small home in Connecticut. Like uh, I was exhausted. I was really burnt out. The city for me is a very overwhelming place. Um, so I didn't really like the location. And so I guess my point in telling all of this is everyone's path is, is totally different in calm. And even if you're in a role or you are thinking about taking a role, just make sure that it's something that you yourself are excited about and not what you think you're supposed to be doing. Um, and I stayed at that job for like six months and I ended up, you know, going home and starting grad school um, and finding a job in Connecticut in to work during school. Um, and I just wish someone had said to me when I was in, you know, your second semester senior position that it's okay to follow my original plan, even if it's not the same as what everybody else is doing. Um, so I guess that's my biggest piece of advice is go with your gut, try things. If you want to give New York City, oh my God, <laughs> New York City protein slip, possibly. Um, if you want to give uh, New York City a try, um, I'd say go for it. I'm really glad that I did. But at the same time, if something doesn't feel right to you or you want to move to Arizona or if you, you know, I have a friend who majored in business at Marison. Now she's a teacher. So just be true to yourself. Um, and, you know, don't feel like you have to fit some certain mold when you're graduating because it's all about you. At the end of the day, it's it's about how you feel when you, you know, I'd say come home, but right now it's more close your laptop and, and end the work day. So it's really all about how you feel about what you're doing. Um, so hopefully there was some piece of advice in there in that mumbo jumbo. <laughs> yes, that, that is such great advice because I feel like there is that pressure, especially with, you know, social media and, you know, LinkedIn, like you said about, I'm so honored. I, you know, those posts where people say I'm so honored and proud, you know, I've seen the memes, you know, yeah. everyone has. And, um, you know, in a previous episode, I was talking with another guest about, you know, she got this job at a big media company and she thought, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. But, you know, I think now that everyone's been home and they've been, you know, working on things, having more free time, you know, when we were kind of more shut down in the country, you know, people are really finding things that they love. And I feel like that is another, you know, silver lining to this pandemic that a lot of people were trying to find their path that they really love. So I think that's another thing that's important because when you don't love the work that you're doing, then, you know, it's not going to work out. <laughs> right. That's, that's, you know, it, you can have the most incredible uh, 
praiseworthy role at the most prestigious company in the world. But if you're going home and you're miserable or you don't feel fulfilled or you can't stand the people you work with or whatever it is that's not that's not working, I mean, it's it's I'd rather the other way around. You know, I might work for a mid-sized tech company in upstate New York that you've probably never heard of. Most people have probably never heard of, but I feel really great about the work that I do and the people that I do it for. And, you know, what more as a, someone in starting their career, could you really ask for? So yeah, it's definitely like my, my two cents. It might be more than two cents, possibly like five cents or a dollar. (laughs) Um, That's, that's really what I feel like I've learned in the past, like two years, three years since I've graduated, however long it's been. (laughs) And I also want to jump back to how you mentioned Emily in Paris. Isn't that such a great show? Yes, I haven't finished it. I'm terrible at binge watching, <laughs> but I've seen a couple episodes and she's just living, you know? Oh, yeah. She's just going for it. She's having her moment. <laughs> they're, they're getting the, the calm girls on the uh, big screen at Netflix now. I love it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we need more of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're in the industry right now working in marketing. And so what tips do you have for students who want to get into the marketing industry? Because I know like when we have these panel discussions at school and we have guest speakers, you know, they touch on the surface and, you know, students can ask questions about what it's like, but you'll never really get that real perspective from people unless you talk to them one-on-one. So what is it like, you know, really in the industry and really, you know, getting your feet wet and starting work? Yeah. So I think I would definitely love to talk about my previous job first before I get into kind of what I'm doing now because they are so different. Um, My last role was at a super small like boutique agency um, called Caruso and I there was involved in so much hands-on work which is really the beauty of being at a smaller boutique agency is you're in these clients lives from start to finish. You know I'm in the initial meeting you know, determining what aesthetic they want to go for and what they're trying to achieve and what messaging would be best fit, even if they themselves don't know what they're, they're trying to do. Um, and then I'm in the process creating digital ads. Uh, I did some website design. Social media was one of my big um, roles there. Um, and so that is kind of the beauty of agency is you get to work with, with a wide variety of clients Um, at least in my case, I know some agencies are different, but for me in that smaller space, you know, I was at 10 AM working with a jewelry client and then at noon working with a a dentist's office. And then at three, um, you know, doing social media for the, the agency itself. So I'd say, um, at a smaller agency, it can definitely be really fast paced and very exciting. And you're constantly changing gears and you're, you know, having to, exercise these skills you've learned in undergrad for so many different um, types of industries. Um, And so that's definitely the thing that I loved about being at an agency was building relationships with these clients and having that trust in creating something that we're both really proud of. Um, So that's kind of my my experience with being at an agency. Um, And now, I'd say, so I'm now in-house at an IT company. Um, We do IT and we actually also do recruiting. So those are a lot of the types of of things that I work on um, 
as far as social media and, and marketing collateral and presentations and that sort of thing. That's kind of what I work on. And I'd say the main difference is it's still different every day. Don't get me wrong. But the main difference is I'm now putting all of my energy into this one entity. And, you know, I'm for a while at this job was a team of one. I recently, in the past two weeks, we hired an associate, which is great. She's probably <laughs> sick of me calling her, but I have somebody to kind of uh, bounce ideas off of, which has been awesome. Um, but when you're in-house, that's your jam. You are putting all of your energy into every single piece of uh, collateral that goes out, every presentation, every social media post, every content on the website. We're working on starting a blog. That's all you, baby. And so that's really the difference is with agency, you're putting a lot of effort, but you're putting it in so many different clients' laps. Um, as to now, you know, I have this one entity and I almost feel responsible for our presence because um, it's not my face that's the company, but it's, I'm typing all the stuff that you see. So um, it, it can be exciting, just a little bit of a different exciting. Um, and I also, I did want to mention one of the things I love about being in-house, and I don't mean this to come off being lazy in any way, but I was listening to one of your episodes with Jackie Gruber, and I know she mentioned, you know, the one thing if I could change about like the PR industry is the hours. And I will say, uh, when you're in-house, you tend to not have to suffer as bad with those crazy hours. There's not usually a screaming client or somebody who's so stressed. There's a deadline. Oh, our website's down. Oh, our, you know, we we need you to redo this this post that you did. It doesn't really go that way with in-house. You know, um, I'm kind of sailing the boat with all of the marketing stuff. I, I'm almost like my own client. So that's one of the things I really like about in-house is, you know, I start work at seven and I end at five and um, it creates, especially in COVID, a better opportunity for work-life balance um, because I, for the most part, of course, there's emergencies in every uh, industry across the board, but when you're in-house, you're not, it's all internal. You know, I'm not worried that someone from, you know, my most important client is going to call me at midnight freaking out about something. It's my, my clients are really my coworkers who, you know, are in, in the IT field. So I guess that just tells everyone a little bit about the difference between being in-house and agency and, and what about the two they might enjoy and try both. That's what I'm doing. I could easily switch back over to agency someday. Um, but that's, that's, I guess what I've learned. Um, and what I feel like would be valuable to hear is there's differences, but both are awesome. Give them a shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that you touched on both of those because, you know, a lot of people when they are, you know, are meeting with these agencies through like agency tours through school or, you know, having a guest speaker, a lot of people don't know the difference between in-house and agency when they're first starting out as a freshman or a sophomore. So I think those are some, you know, great insights you gave. And also, thank you for listening to the Jackie episode. Jackie is our <laughs> PR queen. <laughs> Jackie's great. I, I worked in admissions with Jackie, so she's wonderful. I was happy to hear her chat. <laughs> <laughs> she's so awesome. And so, you know, another question I wanted to ask, so being in-house, you know, you were talking about how you handle, you know, everything for the company and you're on top of, you know, all the copy and the social media and website mm -hmm. and everything. So I feel like nowadays, you know, it's not just, you know, Instagram versus Twitter. It's, you know, Instagram reels, stories, you know, TikTok. Yeah. So how do you balance all of those different things on 
in your daily job and also what trends do you see on the horizon with, you know, social media and marketing? Totally. Um, so I think one thing I would love to talk about just regarding social media and, you know, different industries is you really have to be creative in how you're going to make content. Um, my first social media client at my last job was a dental office and typically people think about the dentist and they're not like, Ooh, yeah, like I want to read a blog about that. Like that sounds really cool. So that's one of the challenges. And one of the things that I enjoy is, you know, taking a super technical, uh, security issue that we're trying to tell our clients about at my job now. And making it palatable and making, grabbing people's attention on, on social. Um, so I think for me in my role now, that's definitely something that I have to work hard at um, is, you know, when I'm coming up with content or trying to promote a service specifically, um, it usually starts with me meeting with our engineers or one of our consultants or uh, one of our developers and they'll just, kind of word vomit to me and tell me about the service or the project that they're working on. And I kind of have to sort through the pieces and make it one understood to, you know, someone like me who I'm not a tech girl. Like I, I, uh, the most tech I get is, is here on zoom. So, uh, not anything too crazy. Um, so that's kind of step one. And then step two is making it entertaining and how am I going to turn all of this technical jargon into something that a small business owner or, you know, an HR manager at their company is going to see, interpret it, and then, you know, want to do that call to action and contact us or sign up for the newsletter or whatever we're asking them to do. So that's like the biggest thing that I've learned uh, as far as social media goes and had to work at. Um, trend wise, I mean, it's so difficult because it it changes, I feel like at a millisecond, TikTok is kind of taking over the universe right now. Um, I, I can't promise that at my uh, IT company with, you know, all of my higher ups that they'd let me start a TikTok account. Um, but, you know, I'd say sky's the limit. Uh, you know, I'm, I see, speaking of dentists, I see on my For You page all the time, like a dentist being like, oh, we have a new client in today. She's here for this and that. Um, so I think, uh, the way that content is going out on the internet is really changing, uh, beyond your classic, like bloggers, it's becoming, Hey, welcome to my day in a life as a architect. Welcome to my day in a life as a plastic surgeon. Um, so that's one of the biggest trends that I think I I've seen. And that I'm excited about is, uh, you don't have to be like a super wealthy uh, influencer in LA to build a following on social media. You can be um, like me and you, or, you know, uh, somebody, there's a guy that I follow who does bricklaying videos. <laughs> he calls it brick talk. That's genius. And so that's really great. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest trend is just TikToks and Instagram reels. Um, but I think TikTok right now is like where it's at. Oh yeah, TikTok. I remember when, you know, it first started as Musical.ly and everyone was like, oh, I'm not going to use that app. And then they yeah. used the name and now it's, you know, this whole thing. And even when it started out as TikTok, it was just like people making jokes and, you know, lip syncing and all that. But I feel like just as you were saying, it's becoming like more of like, like um, normal people 
you know, becoming these influencers and people yeah. are just, you know, I think it's that lack of human connection that we've missed, you know, over this past year of the pandemic, people just want to see what other people are doing, but. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will happily be on Brick Talk for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's so many out there like that are like guilty pleasure TikToks. Like I love watching like the like day in my life is this girl is like a lawyer and she has like a full pink like office and she shows like all her yes. materials. I'm like, oh my God. Go get it, girl. Yeah, it's great. And you're absolutely right, too. It is a lot of human connection. I myself will catch myself like at the pharmacy or at Target, like definitely over chatting with the customer service <laughs> person. Or like I call like my doctor's office. And I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, what's up? And they're like, what do you need? Like, why are you calling me and chatting for eight hours? Um, but people love, I mean, can't say all people, but us type of people love people. And so, um, yeah, I'll happily watch somebody go through their day job or you know clean out their closet or uh, redo their bedroom or whatever it is so it's it's really great and great for uh filling the void I suppose oh yeah and the, and the ones that always get me are the ones that say you know come back for part two and then you have to follow them to get part two yeah and then suddenly <laughs> I've been following them for uh, six months and I don't even remember what I was waiting for <laughs> they've conned me which is excellent social strategy just con everybody perfect great <laughs> yes um, so this is a question that I ask all of my guests. So who is your favorite girl boss? It doesn't have to be in calm. It can just be anyone who inspires you. Yeah. So I'm sure this is like super cliche, but I'm definitely going to say my mom. Um, so my mom is the chief financial officer of Central Connecticut State University, which is actually the school where I got my master's. She was very excited about that. <laughs> um, but she is just a boss woman. Um, I've never seen anybody look as good in a power suit as her. Um, and she growing up was such an amazing role model to have. Um, you know, in my family, we gender norms were a thing. So my dad stayed home with us. He uh, is the chef of the house. Um, and my mom was always, you know, showing up to my cheerleading competitions, running through the door, phone to her ear, like heels on, like ready to rock it and still be super mom. So she's awesome. I I'm think, you know, watching her really dominate and because finance is a male dominated field. So that's another thing that uh, has really given me the confidence to not be afraid to be, you know, a loud voice in a room full of men and just be reminded that gender does not determine what you can achieve. Um, so she's great. We love Charlene. She is uh, every, everything I could ask for in a role model. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, I think growing up listening to her take conference calls for since I've been like, since I can remember, um, is probably the reason why my sister and I, since we were young, have been told we have the vocabulary of like a 50 year old woman. Um, <laughs> because we just speak like we're on business meetings all the time. Um, so she's great. She's the best. And I hope that she listens to this and I get some extra brownie points too. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she sounds like such a girl boss and the power suit is coming back in 2021. Um, you know, we've seen it so much in the fashion and um, yeah, I just love celebrating, you know, women who are in these power positions because like you said, it's so important to see them, you know, as these role models for young girls and, you know, girls our age, you know, to see, you know, women in power, you know, it's just such a big thing right now. Definitely. And, you know, that's one of the main reasons why I started this podcast is because, you know, there's this stereotype with women who are in communications that they're so busy that they can't, you know, make connections with people or that they, 
gatekeep secrets about getting in the industry, but I feel like a lot of people are willing to help. Like you reach out to me to be on this podcast and you want to help right. me out. There's a lot more women like that out there. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I definitely am. I mean, I'm not going to be shy about it. Post-grad for me has been a roller coaster, ups and downs, different cities. Uh, and I, if anything that I can do to help people who are in my, or girls specifically, who are in my shoes, um, maybe not sure of what's going to come next, or even girls who are recent grads who are confused or feeling, you know, like they don't know what they're doing. None of us know what we're doing. So I was so excited and like I said I listened to Jackie's episode and was like oh my god I would love to do that please Paige like let me on please even if you don't air it just let me talk <laughs> um so thank you so much for having me and I hope somebody out there uh likes what I have to say shoot me a message on Instagram and make me feel like I not screaming into the void that would be awesome <laughs> well thank you so much for being on and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to meet with me on here and I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot of great tips out of this episode and I just appreciate you coming on absolutely thank you so much it was a pleasure talking with you you too And that's our episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more tips and tricks of the trade. Peace out, calm girls.